When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reese Davis has been here with us reacting to the massive news of the day. Nick Saban, head coach, Alabama Crimson Tide. After 13 SEC championships, six national titles at Alabama, another one at LSU, 28 years as a head coach in college football that included, again, seven natties, 12 conference titles, 19 bowl wins, and he never had a losing season is retiring from the great game of college football. With Jake Asman, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons, here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, Pete Carroll also stepping aside as head coach of the Seattle Seahawks today. He will now be an advisor in Seattle. And, and Jake, we also have Matt Eberflus staying on as head coach of the Chicago Bears. Who knows what's going to happen with Bill Belichick. It, it, it is a busy, busy day in college football, but you've got two legends in a man who won a national championship at USC and a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll stepping down. And in my opinion, the greatest head coach in the history of college football saying, you know what? I'm done. And Nick Saban. It is about as crazy of a day as I think you have ever had when it comes to coaching news. I mean, it it was crazy enough yesterday when the Titans were firing Mike Rabel. And then you fast forward, what? 24 hours later, and Pete Carroll is essentially being forced out. I know you know, he's going to be an advisor, but if you listen to that press conference today, it was clear Pete still wanted to coach the Seattle Seahawks, and the Seattle Seahawks didn't want Pete Carroll to still be their coach. And then obviously, I mean, <laughs> the greatest college football coach of all time, Nick Saban calling it quits, announcing his retirement. This has been as wild of a 36-hour news cycle for coaches I think we maybe have ever had. Yeah, our rundown for the show has been uh, like, you know, Turned into toilet paper about 17 times uh, <laughs> as the as, as day has gone it's on. It's two-ply toilet paper, to be fair. <laughs> Always two-ply. Always. Yep. Never yep. go single, right? I mean, and done, done and done. All right, joining us right now is one of the best insiders in all of football. He's a great friend of ours. Uh, with, with Jake Asman, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. We're bringing Albert Breer, a phenomenal follow on Twitter, at Albert Breer, and also an insider, mmqb.com, sportsillustrated.com. Uh, Buckeye Breer joins us now here on ESPN Radio. And, Bert, before we even get into uh, the NFL side, uh, you, you're, you're very tied in also to the college football world. When you saw Nick Saban stepping down and retiring yeah. as a head coach at Alabama, what was your initial reaction? I mean, your head's spinning, you know, because the, the guy's had such an enormous impact on, on football in general, you know, and football at every level. And, um, you know, a couple of things I thought about. I thought about, like, one, how, you know, I think, like, he's one of the last guys, Belichick's another, who are sort of grandfathered in where the old school approach still works. And, you know, I think, like, his ability to implement it with new age players has given him an advantage. And it's proof, you know, makes me feel like an old man, but it's proof that, like, the way we did things when we were kids still works. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the right. the hard grinding, all of that. You know what I mean? So I think, um, you know, it's like a, a, a guy who was able to sell 
old school work ethic, old school principles to a new school base of talent, right? And a guy who was able to adapt new school, um, new school like concepts to an old school foundation. So that's part of it, right? And then the other part of it, when was the last time you heard an Alabama player called Raw coming out of college? Great. <laughs> yeah, great question. I mean, because I, I do this stuff every year, right? Like, So I, I go through hundreds of draft guys every year. And you always hear words like upside, he's raw, and he's got a long way to go. You know who you never heard that about? An Alabama player. You almost never heard it. And what an unbelievable tribute that is to a coach. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when it's like what you see is what you get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and like a lot of times it would be and it's it sounds like a, an insult to the player, but it's not. Like where it's like, oh yeah, this guy's kind of tapped out. You know what I mean? Like so you sort of when 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 you're drafting him, like just look at what he is because that's probably what he's going to be. And you know why? It's because Nick Saban got the most out of him, and Nick Saban understood how to develop his talent, and he bought into what Nick Saban was selling him. And I just think, like, to me, that's such an unbelievable compliment when it comes to, to a coach, right, is that the guys who are coming out of college are exactly what you see on tape. They're exactly what you think they are. And there may not be a ton more upside there, but you're going to be able to get a clean read on what the kid is as a football player because he's been de- developed at the highest level in a college program. So I, I've always thought, like, that was – you know, and it was one of the things I thought about today um, was, you know, what just an unbelievable impact he had in the NFL with all the players that came into the league and how almost all of them had their talent maximized while they were in college to the point where, you know, when NFL teams looked at them, they knew exactly what they were getting when those kids were coming into the pros. All right, Jake, full disclaimer. Uh, you said raw. I mean, I, I mean that, that Northeastern accent you threw me out. We, we've known you for damn near 20 years. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> we're not, not, not raw, raw, man. Not, not raw, raw, raw. All right, there you go. Boston right there, raw. Bah. bah that's bar, right? There we go. All right, Jake, go uh, ahead. Well, you're, you're with Bruce. I'm not, I don't get accused. I don't get accused of having a, a Northeastern <laughs> accent very often. Oh, so wait, wait, what, raw? What do you mean, raw? Uh, raw. <laughs> yeah. Got it. All right, here we go. You know, here you we know, go. You, hey, hey, you know what? One other thing, too, guys. Like, I, I just – have, like I, I there's there's this, the, the ultimate what if with saving too, and like the ultimate like sliding doors situation is still remains like what if Drew Brees signed in in Miami? Oh, and what if, coach! What if the doctors had gotten him through the shoulder? Oh. And what if it was Brees instead of Culpepper in 2006? That's like the ultimate. And Sean Payton. What if part. Sean Payton, right? What, uh, that, that whole, right. Uh, yeah, that's a deep dive, Coach. We ain't got enough time for it, but that's a deep one, man. <laughs> yeah. I know you will take on MondayMorningQuarterback.com. Jake? Yeah. Uh, Albert, I mean, just obviously today's been insane with the Saban news, but before that you had Pete Carroll basically being forced yep. out, it feels like, in Seattle. He's t- uh, an advisor for the time being, but he made it clear today that he still wanted the coach. What's your reaction to that, to that news, and are you surprised that this is happening now? No, I mean, I think, you know, I think really what I, I think if you go back a couple of years, um, this was something that was, I think, under consideration. And like the, like Jody Allen, the, the, the new controlling owner, the sister of Paul Allen, um, she came to the decision then that she wasn't going to do it. But I think like more often than not, when an owner starts to go down that road, there really isn't a lot of turning back, you know, so. He makes it two years ago. They make the playoffs last year, so you can't do it. But, you know, I think in her head, she had sort of turned the page and looked at what the next phase would look like. And I think for that reason, this was probably coming. 
if Pete stumbled last year, this year, this year the stumble comes and it happens. Um, but, you know, what an incredible resume he has. And I sort of feel like I'm repeating myself here, but, um, you know, I can still remember you know, him with the Jets and him with the Patriots in the 90s and kind of how he was seen as this hokey, kind of corny, like over-the-top, like enthusiastic coach. Um, and it was almost like if you look back at that, he's ahead of his time because he was able to channel that at USC and then with the Seahawks into creating this environment that was incredible. And I always can remember going back, going, like I, I'll always remember my trips to Seattle because it was, so, it just felt so different when you walk in the building there. And I, it's hard to explain it, but you know it um, when you go in and it was like his personality just permeated the entire place. And, you know, I was going back and forth with Richard Sherman um, about an hour ago and, um, he said he's the greatest coach in you know in, 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 in the history of that organization, of course, and he thinks he's one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. And um, he said, like you know, the fact that the players come back, you know, like the fact that you see so many players back in that building um, over the course of years uh, tells you everything you need to know about how Pete Carroll built both at USC and at and at um, and at Seattle. In that, it's the sort of environment people wanted to work in. And, um, you know, it was very uniquely him. So obviously accomplished a lot. And, um, you know, I think he's one of three, right? Like to, to, to win both a college national title and a, and a Super Bowl with the other two are Jimmy and, and Barry Switzer, right? So um, he's in pretty rarefied air there too. All right. Big broad picture here, Bert, as we, as we wrap up with you. We greatly appreciate your time on a very busy evening. Albert Breer, MMQB.com, Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter. That X thing at Albert Breer here with us on ESPN Radio with Jake Asman in for Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons. You got Tennessee open now with a Buckeye legend in Mike Vrabel. You've got Carolina yep. open. I mean, Seattle. We can go on. And sh- you know, Chicago's keeping Eberflus. Yep. Big picture, right? One, if you're Gene Smith, AD at Ohio State, and I love me some Ryan Day, <laughs> but do you go and say, hey, Vrabes, any interest? Are you even making that phone call? And what do you see as far as these openings, as far as you know, potential big names and landing spots with all the openings in, in, in the NFL? I think, you know, if you're Gene Smith, I, I love Ryan Day, too. I think Smith, you have a conversation with Mike Vrabel, just a big-picture conversation on where his head at head would be at in a, at a, on eventually doing it, you know? And so like, if he takes a year off, say, which I, I don't think he'll do, but if he did, like, is he, is he kind of in the bullpen then, you know, but I'm definitely having a conversation with him. What was your second question? As far as all the openings go, where, where do you see landing spots for a potential big name? Just saying, just bam, yeah, so out of nowhere. Like Harbaugh, Belichick, like Vrabel, right? right? Yep, like, yep. so, um, all right. So, and this is these are guesses right now, right? Um, I think Belichick would land in Atlanta, um, and I say that because I think you got a roster that's close. You just need a quarterback, which is easier said than done, I know. But like you got a roster that's close, and I think you got an owner who is really acting with urgency now. Um, and he's 81 years old. He doesn't have too many shots left at this. Um, he's done sort of projections the last few hires and projecting Bobby Petrino and Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. And, you know, most recently, Arthur Smith into that role. So I think he's going to leave less to chance. Um, and I think Belichick would rather go east than west. I think I see Harbaugh with the Chargers. Um, you know, the, the Chargers are very sensitive to the idea that they're cheap. They're very sensitive to the idea that they're irrelevant in L.A. Jim Harbaugh addresses both of those things. I think Harbaugh wants to be there. I think they get that done. And then Vrabel, 
I'm going to say the Raiders. And I know that's a curveball. But Brady was at practice on Friday, Tom Brady. And, you know, he is, you know, obviously there's been some back and forth on, you know, his stake in the team and everything else. I think he's going to be influential. And I, I think if they're going to go away from Antonio Pierce, um, it's going to be for a big name. And so, you know, I think that the two guys that Brady has really good relationships with that are out there on the market right now um, are Brable and Harbaugh. And I think Brable would make sense for Vegas just in that if you're going to replace Antonio Pierce with someone, you got to do it with somebody who's going to get the players respect and Brable will be able to do that the minute he walks in the room. And you're going to want a program builder and, um, you know, somebody who can kind of build the right, build the right sort of environment and build out the front office and help you with everything, kind of be the, the king of the building, you know. And I think that's who Mike can be. And um, Brady and, and Brable are thick as thieves. Yep. So um, I would say I, I, I just think, like, for, for Mike, like, that might be a better opportunity. If you can go 9-8, and 10-7 ten, ten and seven there next year, like they're building a statue of you right next to the Al Davis statue, right? Um, if you go nine or eight or ten and seven in New England, like, well, that's like sort of a not a failure. But I, I, I live here. I know that that wouldn't be accepted as some sort of like moment to schedule the parade. You know what I mean? So that's what I would say right now. Those would be my guesses: would be Belichick to Atlanta, Harbaugh to the Chargers, Vrabel to the Raiders. Damn, and that's why we love you, Bert. Thank you so much. As always, man, get back to uh, post-hockey recovery with your son. We know that was a blast <laughs> at practice, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you so much for your time, oh, as always. Are, those practices are intense, man. Lots of, <laughs> lots of yelling from the stands. Hang in lots there, of directions. Lots of, lots, lots, of, lots of directions, yeah. At least you're not lots hauling bags these the days, right? He's old enough to haul his own gear. There you go. Yeah. That's, it's baby steps, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bert, thank you, buddy. Appreciate yeah, you, man. All right, guys. Buckeye Breer, Albert Breer, MMQB.com. Out, follow him on Twitter at Albert Breer. Here with us, Jake. We got a lot to unpack there, man. Oh, Let's man. react to those last three. Bel- he thinks Belichick to Atlanta, Harbaugh Chargers, Vrabel Raiders. Damn, your reaction next. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. And we'll unpack all of that right here on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Coming up at 9.15 Eastern, 6.15 Pacific, Charles Barkley will join us live right here on ESPN Radio, reacting to his good friend Nick Saban retiring as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide and leaving 
college football. You don't want to miss Chuck on not just Saban, but the state of college athletics. Uh, I have a feeling he's going to go unplugged. With Jake Asman in for Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Coming up in three minutes, we'll give you a statement from Greg Byrne, athletic director at the University of Alabama on the future of their head coach at the University of Alabama when it comes to their football program. But, Jake, first, let's react to what Albert Breer, uh, a phenomenal NFL insider, MMQB, uh, you know, Sports Illustrated, follow him on Twitter, at Albert Breer, when, he, when we asked him just point blank, give us your thoughts on the biggest names and job openings in the NFL. And this is what he said. He started with Belichick to where? I think Belichick would land in Atlanta. And I say that because I think you got a roster that's close. You just need a quarterback, which is easier said than done, I know. And I think you got an owner who is really acting with urgency now. And he's 81 years old. He doesn't have too many shots left at this. He's done sort of projections the last few hires and projecting Bobby Petrino and Mike Smith and Dan Quinn and you know, most recently Arthur Smith into that role. So I think he's going to leave less to chance. And I think Belichick would rather go east than west. So I'll tell you this, one guy I would not hire at any time at any level, I wouldn't hire him to coach my high school team, and that's Bobby Petrino. <laughs> that, dude, that dude would stab your mom in the back with a dagger, right, in order to, to further his own career. So he's a bad human, and there is no way in hell that I would hire Riding Dirty to be any part of any program that, I, that I'm associated with. That's number one. Number two, Belichick to Atlanta. That shot, you and I both looked at each other when he said that and went, whoa. Then he went on with, Harbaugh to the Chargers, which doesn't surprise you and I. Anytime you invoke the, the just the name quarterback, you could ask about Jim Plunkett, and Harbaugh will somehow bring it back to Justin Herbert. He has he thinks Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks going right now, and if you're LA and, Har- and Harbaugh is interested, and you are, man, you make that deal and you find a way to get it done. I don't care how much money it costs you. And then he went Vrabel. To the Raiders. And that's when you and I really bowed up. Like Antonio Pierce has done a great job there, Jake. So you got Belichick, he thinks, maybe to the Falcons if the Patriots decide to part ways, which it feels like they might. Then you've got Harbaugh to the Chargers and Vrabel to the Raiders. Your reaction. Man, where do I start? I'll say this. When he first said Belichick to the Falcons, I said, what? Why? But then you think about it. The division's not any good. The NFC is not the AFC, so maybe part of him wants to kind of get away from the Patriots and get away from the conference he's coached in basically his entire professional life. And then you look at the weapons on the team and say, well, it's not going to be easy, but if they could either trade for a quarterback, maybe it's signing Russell Wilson to make a run at it, or maybe it's trading for Justin Fields, or with the eighth pick in the draft, maybe it's simply just drafting someone in the first round to go with the weapons they already have in place. B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts. I mean, there's there's a lot there. Drake London, obviously, was their stud receiver they added in the first round a few years ago. It's not crazy. They, they are a seven-win team. You add Belichick and better quarterback play. Can that team not be, what, 9-8, and 10-7 and seven next year and be in the playoffs the, they, in that awful division? The Falcons are a quarterback away. They really are. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm an Arthur Smith guy. I mean, same high school, Georgetown prep. Prep ride runs runs deep, right? I mean, are about twenty years apart. But anyway, um, but man, they are literally a quarterback away from being damn good. So I, I'm fascinated to see how this whole thing shakes out. 
But and you also have now Nick Saban saying, you know what, I'm done. And that's another massive opening because when you talk about Bama, you're looking at a front-line head coach. Well, and, and Man, he's going to hate me for bringing his name up. But Dan Lanning at Oregon was a GA at Alabama under Saban. Kirby Smart took him to Georgia as his defensive coordinator. Now look what he's done at Oregon. And he has built Camelot out there. I mean, he has everything at his fingertips. But you know Bama's going to be calling. And you know Nick Saban has given Greg Byrne, the athletic director there, a list. These are two names. Ain't gonna go much, it, won't, it won't go much deeper, right? Here's your top two. Go call them. Saban's not leaving that thing without putting it in the hands of someone he truly trusts. And Greg Byrne issued this statement, athletic director at Alabama, saying, quote, there will be plenty of rumors out there during this process. Next time I talk publicly will be to announce our new coach. If you don't hear it from me, don't believe it, end quote. Tell you what, it's not going to stop people from speculating or it's not going to stop people on social media from saying sources say or tracking some flights for some coaches who could be interviewing oh, for the job. You know, that's, that's coming in. One. No doubt about it. But you also know that Nick Saban left him with that, you know, a, you know that, that, that drawer, right? You know, the top right drawer for every athletic director. It's got a couple names in it. Nick Saban may have scratched through a couple going, here's number one, here's number two, money whip them. The guy who replaces Nick Saban, you want to talk about pressure. Oof. Or Belichick <laughs> in New England. Maybe that one's easier because Saban was just like one play away from yep. going back to another natty. How surprising was all of this, especially with Nick Saban retiring? Brock Heward reacts to that next right here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What an insane evening when it comes to coaching. Nick Saban retiring as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Pete Carroll stepping aside as the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. With Jake Asman in for Amber Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We cannot have a better guest to talk about these two topics than Brock Heward from 710 Seattle Sports, former Washington Husky quarterback, NFL quarterback, college football analyst, and an old friend of ours, Brock Heward returns here to ESPN Radio. And Brock, thank you so much for your time. Let's begin with Coach Saban. Uh, you know him. We know him. Um, this one, man, when it comes to NIL on the portal, am I stunned? No. Surprised? Yes. Your reaction when you saw the Chris Lowe report that 
uh, that you know Nick Saban is stepping down as the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide? Yeah, I think I would use those exact words. Um, stunned, no. A little surprised, still, yes, because he's still at the pinnacle of doing it. He's amazing at talent acquisition. Uh, actually, Pete Carroll and I were chatting totally off the record after our show a couple weeks ago and and talking about Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb and the amazing job they were doing. And he was like, didn't didn't Nick go after Ryan Grubb last year? And I'm like, he did. And, and Pete just said, man, that guy's eye for coaching, not only just player acquisition, but his eye for coaching acquisition, second to none. And even, even a great Hall of Famer like Pete Carroll could look at Saban and just admire that ability and, and that talent. And that, that doesn't get talked about nearly as much as all of the player development, the value created in those players, uh, Ian, a couple of years ago, I went back when I was doing serious radio with Hartsock, and we tried to pencil in billions how much money Knicks players have made at the NFL level. And I think it was nearing $2 billion in gross dollars. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it, it's remarkable. But um, there were rumblings about this, right? Over the last month, you heard a little speculation. You heard a little rumblings that, that maybe if he went one, he'd go out on top and this would be it. And and certainly TV could be looming for the next four or five years if that's something he wants to do. So, yeah, man, pretty uh, impactful day. And, and from what I'm hearing, maybe tomorrow might be another impactful day as another 70-something-year-old is going to have to look for a little different work up in New England as well. Okay, that would be Belichick. We'll touch on that in a moment. But first of all, don't ever, ever give the great 8-8 Ben Hartsock any credit on anything. And when it comes, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, just just to avoid that at all costs. Come on, Heward. You, you, you well, know, it's my idea. Let's be clear. Let's all right, here we go. Man. Okay, here we go, idea. Jake. Here we go, Jake. Here we yeah, go. Just, he, want, just want to get that out of the way, grunt. right? I yeah, mean, come on. Yeah, no, he, he pulled out his calculator. He did some of the grunt work. He's a good country boy, so he's the worker. But let's, let's, not, let's not pretend that was his thought. There we go. Okay. So, uh, Brock, obviously, it's impossible to know what direction Alabama might go. But based on who could be available, if you were running the search to replace arguably the greatest college football coach of all time, who would you call? Where would you start? Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, Brock, you know what? I'll answer that, and I want to get your reaction on this. It's already in place. There's no way that Nick Saban is is, is walking away without having a long conversation with Greg Byrne and going, here's the guy. This is the guy. Yeah, and I'm sure they, I'm sure through this process over the last week after that game, I mean, these things don't just happen when the news hits today. There have been many, many conversations, much like Pete, and we'll get to Pete. I know you want to ask about that as well. And there have been the last two or three days since I sat down with him on Monday that, that he talked with Jody and tried to fight for that job. And over the last week, maybe there were days that Nick's like, yeah. Maybe I could still do this. Maybe there were days he called Greg Byrne and said, yeah, you know what, let's let's move on. Let's take the next step. Let's go back and forth. And I know last year with Jim Harbaugh, the Broncos, he was their number one guy. I think there was a time where the Broncos believed that, that, uh, that he was going to do it and then just ultimately decided it's too good. I got to go back to Ann Arbor. I know what I have in the cupboard. We're going to be really, really good and, and ultimately win that national championship. So these things do go back and forth by the time they hit you and me and the country and, and, you know, Chris Lowe hits send or Adam Schefter hits send on that tweet. Um, there's been a, a bunch of groundwork done. So I'm with you there, Ian. Um, is that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian? 
Is that is that a possibility? Someone that's been through those halls, someone that's worked in those facilities, someone that's acquired the talent, someone that uh, Nick Saban admired tremendously, maybe as much as any coordinator uh, that he ever hired through these years. And, and obviously what he did at Texas over the last three, one of the first guys to actually do it since Mac Brown, the only guy to build a roster and build a team into a playoff contender. So I would think that he would certainly be high on Nick's list and, and Greg's list and, and worthy of that conversation. After that, man, I don't know how many guys also want to follow in those footsteps, whether it's it's radio, whether it's politics, whether it's coaching. You want to be the guy that follows the guy that has to follow the, 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 the legend. Right. You don't want to be that first one up. So um, it will be fascinating to see how this all unfolds. Brock, how about Pete Carroll? Obviously, you know him as well as anyone. Were you surprised when you found out that uh, what, what went down in Seattle today? He was basically being forced to be an advisor, and the Seahawks are going to have a new head coach. Yeah, I, he's not going to be an advisor. I think that I, I don't even know what that means when asked about it at his presser today. I think he kind of alluded to that 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 was just to make good. They would love for him to be around, but he's not. He's not going to be in the office. They do have an advisory council that John Nordstrom and Steve Largent and some amazing people sit on, you know, and, and come in every quarter and, and maybe help in some ways in the community. But I, I think Pete still wants to coach. I mean, I, I listened to that 45 minutes. We're going to talk to him again tomorrow on our show. And, and it did not sound like a guy that just wants to advise or go up to the North Shore, although he'll be there, I'm sure, a lot this month on his wakeboard and on his paddleboard and, and just kind of escape from everything. Um, I think that dude's got too much juice to be an advisor, to sit on the sidelines, still wants to do it. Uh, but ultimately, I was not, no. I was probably more surprised by the Saban news than I was Pete news. Just the, just over the last couple seasons and certainly over the last 10 weeks of this season as they fell off again and ended 3-7, and seven, and they just didn't, you know, he he said it today in his presser, you know, that they just lost their edge. And that edge is the line of scrimmage. And that edge was his identity to, to run the ball and stop the run. And it's been a three-year problem. And I think ultimately Jody Allen and then John Schneider said, you know, Pete, you've gotten a higher, let's see, one, two, three, four, five different defensive coordinators. Uh, a couple of them left for head coaching jobs. The last three you've had to, you know, hire, and, and those have not gone great. We're not going to let you hire a, another one on that side of it. We'd rather, I think, get some fresh eyes in there to to try to get that championship caliber. Not not playoff caliber, but championship caliber team built like he did through 11, 12, 13, 14, and even still, I think, into 15. So where do you think he would want to go, and what team do you think would be interested in? And I hate to say yeah. it, man, because it's all it's all about age with Belichick and Carroll, and they are yep. both young, seventy plus, right? Hell, yeah. man, Pete Carroll. I mean, look, Brock, I was with you a few weeks ago, man. I mean, dude, Pete Carroll's got more energy than I do, and I'm fifty one, right? He's seventy one, yeah. right? So, I mean, where do you where where, yeah, I, where, where do you think they end up? Yeah, I don't know if I lump the fitness level and the energy uh, level of Bill and, and, and Pete in the Thanks. same in the same sense. I know where you're going. Like their their brain, their acumen, their experience. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if there's a head coaching job. I, I really don't. Um, I, I don't know what capacity that would be. I, 
hard pressed to believe that he wants to be a general manager and do all that craziness and handle the books and the money and acquisitions and all of that. But uh, I don't know. I, I think Bill will still chase Don Shula's record. I think there will be plenty of people knocking. Probably not as many for uh, um, you know just just to Pete at this stage though he desperately wants it. I think what's more fascinating is what John Schneider, the GM, goes and does now. Is Pete just alluded to beautifully and did a terrific job in one of the best press conferences, especially for a guy that was fired. That room was packed, boys. There was not a seat in the house. Everybody in the organization, former players, current players, and, you know, they had about two hours' notice. It wasn't like they had time to to fly in. Um, They wanted to be a part of it. And Pete was humble. He was great. He was full of grace. Um, He didn't, you know, like he always does, he never points any fingers. Um, He was just just tremendous in the way that he went about it. And it's been a 14-year marriage. And usually head coach and GM go out the door together. That's not the case. So what John does now and what I just continued, and I have my phone blowing up today, just more in fascination than maybe even actuality. But can you imagine if Jim Harbaugh comes into those shoes or comes into that building? What's your deal, man? No, what's your deal? What's your deal? I got your deal. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to build this thing back up. And, you know, John Schneider was there with Pete. And remember those first few years, the enormous advantage you have knowing all these college players, knowing all of their backgrounds, knowing all of their experience, knowing all of the quarterbacks, knowing everything that you do. And when Pete came to Seattle, that was a huge benefit in those drafts the first three, four years. And, you know, I think John Schneider had that experience with him. Jim's been in the division. Jim handled some of the people in the division. Jim knows how to build a bully, knows how to build a physical team, which is what John Schneider, I think, wants to do. That will be, to me, so, so fascinating. If there's an overture, if there's an answer, if there's an interview. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I just continue to grow on that idea more and more. Brock, if not Jim Harbaugh, a lot of speculation earlier today about Dan Quinn, the old Seahawks defensive coordinator, now, of course, the Cowboys, D.C., your thoughts on that? Would that be a good fit to bring Dan Quinn as the head coach back to Seattle? Yeah, I think it would. And, and you know, my mind races, again, a million different ways. Probably my mind races way too much, way too often. And like Ian, that's why I'm, you know, not uh, going to be 72 <laughs> with the energy of Pete. Um, so, and also this crazy media business. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dan Quinn knows John Schneider. He was here when they built it, when they won, you know, championship or got back to that Super Bowl, ultimately lost in 14. I think they've got great rapport. I think Dan Quinn has turned down a number of jobs for a lot of years and a number of interviews because he knows what the first-class organizations are. And I don't think you move beyond one hand when it comes to the quality of the Seahawks organization, ownership that has money, fan base that is relentless, terrific resources, an unbelievable facility, given everything you possibly can need and, and imagine as far as resources go with your coaching staff, with your strength staff, with your nutrition staff, with your science staff, with all of it. It's all there. And, you know, that's why I think Dan Quinn said no to a bunch of places and knowing that this day may come, that, that Pete's not going to coach forever. And if John can stick around, I can understand why, why a lot of people – went to that end and and went to that conclusion already. He would hire a tremendous staff. He'd be better the second time around as a head coach. So, yeah, those would probably be the two conventionally that I would look at. But remember this, boys, and look at John Schneider's draft through the years. He's not always the most conventional. 
He will zig when others zag. He will take a corner at number five instead of a defensive tackle, even though that's the biggest need. He will draft a 5'10 quarterback, and that QB will go on to break through glass ceilings and win a championship and everything else. He will he will do unconventional. So I don't think this news or a hire will come tomorrow, um, and I won't be surprised on either side of the spectrum if he goes the conventional route with a Harbaugh or Quinn or a whole lot more unconventional route with possibly even a college guy. Brock, we always enjoy catching up with you on the sidelines of a college football game and your tremendous insight here on the radio, man. Thank you so much for your time, as always, especially with, with two guys. Always, boys. Have a great night. You Thanks, betcha. buddy. Appreciate it, man. And two guys that he knows well. Nick Saban retiring at Alabama. Pete Carroll, you know, no longer head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coming up next, we will catch up with a current SEC head coach and ask him about the impact and his reaction as to Nick Saban retiring as head coach of Alabama right here on ESPN Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joining us right now here on ESPN Radio with Jake Asman. I'm Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio is the head coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks. We got five good minutes with Shane Beamer. And coach, we appreciate your time reacting to Dick Saban retiring from, from coaching college football. What has he meant, Coach Beamer? to the game of college football? Yeah, it's uh, immeasurable. I mean, I was stunned just like everyone was when I saw that news. I had to click on it to make sure it wasn't a uh, credit to Chris Lowe for breaking the story, but I had to click on it to make sure it wasn't a fake Chris Lowe account (laughs) that somebody had put together. And, I mean, we were literally this morning, we had an SEC uh, head coaches Zoom uh, that I was on and he was on literally uh, at – 11 a.m. Eastern time this morning, so I was shocked to see it. But uh, it has meant so much to uh, the, the game of football. Um, I mean, you just look at his consistency. I have so much respect and admiration for him, just the, the consistency year in, year out. Um, I mean, it's amazing to be the pinnacle of the profession and just do it year in, year out uh, as well. Um, the class that he did it with, uh, he was uh, always what was about – what was always was about – what's best for the game of football and uh, uh, certainly a big loss for college football today. That's for sure. Shane Beamer, head coach, South Carolina Gamecocks joining us here on ESPN radio. If you are just tuning in, Nick Saban, Chris Lowe reporting that he is retiring from the great game of college football. And look, your dad went against him. You've gone against him. I mean, if you can, you know, the the game has evolved so much. If you can try and sum up to the, the, the college football fan, what it's like for a guy like Nick Saban and your dad at that point, you know, to adapt and and evolve as a coach from, you know, ground and pound to spread them out to, you know, the 85 Scali rule to now NIL on the portal. And he continued to win. What, I mean, if you can sum up what that takes. Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's amazing, you know, and, and he's just, uh, to me, he's the, the, the ultimate coach when you talk about program building, when you talk about knowledge of offense, defense, and special teams. You do what you face an Alabama team. I mean, they were going to be so well coached in all three phases. Um, I mean, he gets credit, obviously, as a great defensive coach, and he is, but he's a great 
football mind, offense, defense, and special teams, uh, his ability to uh, recruit at a high level, you know, manage his program. But like you just said, just being able to adapt, it's, it's a challenge. And, you know, for somebody that's coached in different decades like he has, uh, he may not always have agreed with um, what was happening in college football, rules, changes, whatever it might be, but he always found a way to adapt and make it a, a positive for the University of Alabama or LSU or wherever he was. And, um, you know, he would adapt to changes and, 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 and end up better because of it uh, at the end, which is just pretty remarkable. Knowing you as long as we have, uh, you're not intimidated by anybody. But when that guy came in a room, what was that like? Um, it was just the, the respect that you have. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, even as a first-time head coach in the SEC, when I first got hired, it was still during COVID, so we weren't doing in-person meetings. We were doing Zooms. But, I mean, I can remember first time getting on a Zoom uh, with the other SEC head coaches and that feeling that I had as a coach, like, holy crap, like, I'm on a Zoom with – here's Nick Saban, and he, he's a colleague. And, I mean, it's one of those, like, you, you're, you're – you – you 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 belong and you're there. You feel that way, right. but there's still that moment. Like I'm gonna zoom with Nick freaking Saban uh, as well. So you know, and but he that's one thing I had you know so much respect for him. Now that we've had in person meetings and I've gotten to know him better. Every time I see him, he always asks about my dad, um, and always makes a point to say to me, you know, how much he respects my dad and and whatnot as well. But there's just a respect. I think all of us, you know, you get on those head coaches zooms and. Uh, colleagues of mine in the SEC, very rarely is he called Nick. There's just a respect for him that most people call him, you know, Coach Saban. And um, it's pretty cool to see just the other colleagues of mine that are established head coaches in this league that that uh, the, the reverence that they have for him in those in-person meetings or, like I said, a Zoom this morning or earlier today like we had. How much, and last one for you, Coach Beamer, we greatly appreciate your time, especially on short notice with the news of Nick Saban, uh, Chris Lowe reporting uh, that he is retiring as the head coach of Alabama. Um, if you can, just uh, you know, put a bow on it. You know What he meant to the game as far as not just a coach uh, in college football, but as, as an ambassador for the game of college football. Yeah, I mean, he's just, uh, he epitomizes it. And um, like I said, has adapted with the times. The, to me, the the, mod, the the model coach, he adapts at the times. He's a great recruiter, great um, developer of coaches. You look at the people that have coached under him and, and the success that they've had other places. Uh, X's and O's knowledge, fantastic. And, and that's the thing, I think, that his legacy is he always – obviously he had a program to run, but he was always what was about – uh, the best thing for college football. That's what he was always about, and um, and found a way to ma- always make it make his program better, you know, because of it, and always treated people the right way, and 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 did it the right way. And I think that's his legacy. You're the best, Coach. Greatly appreciate the time, especially on short notice. Best to the family. I hope you had a great New Year. And oh, damn, you're hitting the recruiting trail yet again. Hey, by the way, real quick, <laughs> give me thirty seconds on that. How much do you think NIL and portal impacts? You know, decisions like this for legends like Nick Saban, how how that part has changed? I think a lot. I don't want to speak for him, but it's just, it's it's different. And then I think just this, the fact that it's just, uh, I mean, there have been enough people that have talked publicly about the challenges with the portal and and whatnot, and and that's real. And I think for a guy that uh, has done it for so long at a high level, just to see, you know, the 
uh, maybe the lack of structure that we have in so many things right now in college football. Uh, I don't want to speak for Coach Saban, but it certainly didn't help. I would say I know that. No doubt. Coach, you're the best. We appreciate you here on ESPN Radio.